Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Buckle Top Podcast. It is me, your girl Fifi, and the beautiful Aisha, Nubian Queen. And today we have a very special guest. I'm really excited that she's come on. We have the founder of the famous Koda Koda Stories and the beautiful Ngozi Cole, who is live and direct from Sierra <laughs> Leone. How you doing? Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here. That's good, man. That's We're good. happy to have you on. Like, we really are. Um, so I came across the Poda Poda um, stories, and I just love everything that it's. I just love everything that it's about. Like, just seeing short stories from you know Sierra Leoneans that um, what you're encouraging for us, you know, for writers especially, for people that are creatives that are Sierra Leoneans to just you know write your truth like people seem to think like when you hear story you're thinking of something so so long but something can be explained in literally just a paragraph and that's the beauty of storytelling so I'm just so happy that you put something like this together so explain to you know everyone that's listening like what Poda Poda stories is and where does the name come from because obviously we know what a Poda Poda is but yeah. for those that don't know what a Poda Poda is um, so, yeah, thank you for your interest in Poda Poda Stories. It started off as a platform for just having different Sierra stories in one place. Um, and of course, it shouldn't be the only place where we should have Sierra stories. There are so many different platforms that people have now. But when I moved back home in 2016, I was really looking for something that was like a creative hub I love reading, I love going online and looking for articles. Um, but I couldn't really find, I mean, there are different blogs, you know, people are writing, but I couldn't really find like one spot for just Sierra Leonean stories. And the one spot I found, um, Sierra Leonean writers, is they are doing an awesome job of publishing Sierra Leonean books, but it wasn't really a blog. And so I decided to just say, hey, you know, why not? Um, create this blog that has, you know, Sierra Leonean stories on it. And it started last year. I just went on Squarespace and just felt like brainstormed a name. Thanks to my friend Abu, which I was like, hey, you know Abu Yila? You guys know him? Yeah, yeah, we know Abu. Yeah, I know. Abu is Pastor Valif's. I know. And yeah. I was just thinking about what would really be a good name for this blog. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered back to my my school days in Freetown, where in, I used to live with my grandma in uh, Tembe Town, and they would have these really old, rickety like buses that would take me from Tembe Town to Eastern Police, where my high school was, the annual Memorial School. And these buses were just like always packed with these, you know, um, market women, hustlers, cool children, like all my mistress, the inside is them boss there, people had stories, and it were like the wildest stories I've ever had, were definitely inside of Poda Poda. And they're just like, hey, it would just be good to have this medium that kind of connects back to Sierra Leone, and just like Sierra Leone and way of stories, there are so many stories outside, you know, if you go to the market, stories if you are in the Puda Puda in the care care stories like there's stories everywhere so just trying to bring it back home but also creating it as a platform to let other people read Sierra Leonean stories as well you know if you are someone living in the UK and you're from Sierra Leone but you want to reconnect just to have like a window into home and for others to also know that hey Sierra Leoneans do write stories like Sierra Leoneans who live in Sierra Leone have all these really cool things that they're doing and really cool stories. So that's how the whole idea came about. I feel like Sierra Leone is quite known for, well, I know, for storytelling. Like, you know, there's there's always that people telling, like you said, they're always telling stories. They've got different types of stories and they're quite, you know, animated when they tell their stories. It's really interesting (laughs) the way they do it. And it's almost like a show. So, yeah, Mm. no. I hear that completely. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that it's also a way of expression as well. Like, I, I think that some people think that, you know, with with um, with Sir Learners, it's just music and stuff like that. But there's so much more to us. Like, we write, we do all of these things. And I just want to read, yeah, this one um, story that's on there, just to give everyone an idea of, like, you know, the type of short stories that you see on there. So, um, 
So you had someone called Namina, Namina Fauna. She yeah, wrote Nina for you Fauna, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And she wrote, um, I write so that Ceredonians, so that Africans and other black and brown people see themselves as heroes and fight against the mental oppression that is a result of all our years of colonization. You know? Yeah. So that's literally yeah. just her speaking about what she, you know, what she wants to speak about, you know. There may be someone out there that doesn't know, you know, about you know, colonization or whatever. So they might decide, okay, I'm gonna look this up, you know, and, and that's the yeah. beauty of it. So yeah. I just wanted to ask, actually, out of all the stories that you have received, are there like a couple that you still resonate with? Are there a couple that you're just like, no, I think this might be one of my favorites? Wow, that's that's tough. So, <laughs> along with um, stories, we also publish poems, and mm-hmm. I've also been running um, an interview series. So I'll say some of the poems that really stand out to me are there's one by a Sierra um writer called Samuela Conte. And she writes like really good poems that highlight, like just the, her, her imagery is so good. And there's one that's called Live While Living. And I published that um, basically during the eye of Corona where everyone was just so scared. And she basically just said, you know, don't forget to actually live whilst you're here. Don't forget mm-hmm. to grab opportunities, you know, just take a chance at life. And I think that's the one poem I always go back to and just, I just read it over and over and over again. And um, there's also another poem by um, this young poet called Adiola Kelo. And she's talking about Freetown, like just going to the beach with your friends at Lomli. And I think it's called um, Benediction. So you can check it out afterwards. And it's just basically just being a young person in Sierra Leone and just living freely, but, you know, having all these questions about life as well. Um, one of the interviews I always go back to, and you just highlighted it, Namina Fona, who she was really talking about um, representation and the importance of seeing ourselves in stories that we read. And her book, which is coming out in 2021, The Gilded Ones, is about this young girl. She's about 16, um, and she's going to, she's like a young warrior. She's going to save her community. And then there was in there, like, you know, Alaki. You know, and it's like, yeah. we, for us, we know what Alaki is. And yeah. it would be so good to just pick up a book and just see all of these, you know, Sierra and phrases in and just say, hey, like, we're going global, you know. It's not just about, oh, my God, the Civil War and Ebola. And, I mean, that's also a story. I mean, we're not going to, like, minimize it, but it's not the only story that we have to tell. So I think those are my top highlights from from Buddha Buddha very important that you know that's the messages that we're putting out as well because we talk about representation a lot on this podcast like almost every other guest that we have on we always have to touch on the fact that you know majority of the world only know us for our tragedies and not actually for you know they know us for some of our talents and the people that are out here pushing for it and the patriotic celebrities that are trying to push forward but it's mostly on the fact that, oh, yeah, you're from Syria and Blood Diamond. And it's like, bro, do some research. Like, I can turn around. Very dandy, and, like, you know what I mean? It's very irritating. Like, it's annoying. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. That like, it's good that this narrative is getting changed and everyone's throwing in their two cents to do that. It's sick that you're saying that there's a lady, she's going to release her book next year about an African Azerbaijanian warrior. Like, I think that is an amazing concept to put out there. And I actually think we need to look more into like superheroes and things like that. Because with exactly. books, you get movies. And with movies, you gain more interest. So, like these things will open more avenues for people to un- to unlock things that they probably didn't even realise they could do as well. So yeah. I hear what you're saying completely, and I, I, I'm proper open to that. Like, I think that's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just the idea also that um, it's also good to challenge these narratives. But I think it's also good to kind of see each other as well. I don't really like to... I mean, the tagline for Poda Poda is our stories to the world, which is great. Like, I want people to read about Sierra Leone and learn about, you know, our different narratives. But also just wants us to see each other because we are visible to each other. Like I know Bokuta podcast, you know Poda Poda. Like we don't need to, you know, talk, like try to sell ourselves to the West and the Western gaze and the white gaze. I think it's also just good for a young girl in Sierra Leone to pick up a book and it's a global bestseller, but she can see herself in it as well. You know? Yeah, that is so I mean, important. That is so important. Yeah. 
Because if, if that's, that's another thing as well, I think I really like is the fact that you know, if if we are creating things based off of the inspiration within our own community, why is our aim not to become the best within our community for our community rather than why do we exactly. need to be seen by the world? Because if in many cases, I'm not being funny, 80% of the time, the more you push to go outside of the world to get that type of approval, you start to adapt and you kind of you kind of lose focus. So yeah. I'm I think it's very, I, I really like that you touched on that point because it's not something I would have thought about straight away because, you know, we sit here, we dream, let's not lie, Asha, we talk about Bokuto all the time, we want it to go here, we want it to go there, but then we don't even think about what processes could come in it that yeah. possibly, yeah. you know, compromise what we, the reason why we started it, you know? Like, yeah. I just wanted to, um, to piggyback on something you said. Um, I also feel like when you kind of go out there to try and, you know, fit into what, you know, the everyone else in the world is doing you also tend to not even be celebrated the way you're supposed to mm-hmm. i feel like we as syrianians we're the only ones that can big up ourselves the way we want to we, we we're the only ones that can really celebrate each other because we know our history we know where we've come from so we put up other stories I, I don't i don't care what anybody says no one's going to be able to relate to put up stories the way a syrianian will and that's just because exactly. that that is that's a part of my history. That's a part of just being Sierra Leonean in general. When I go to Sierra, Leone, I'm going to see a podder podder, and when I look at it, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, podder podder stories. I can only imagine <laughs> the stories that they're telling in right now. And I saw, you know, I I, I got I got you know all side there and all of that. You know, you're talking about you know all of these things that you've done and just love the voice and stuff, huh? Love the voice. I know, I know. It was, it was a good, but I can try. No, no, it was a good voice. I'm genuinely complimenting you. I'll say, I like that. Okay, no, because I, I told, I told him because he like my Creole is horrible. Like it's not the greatest. I'm. I wasn't even talking about the Creole. I said the voice. Oh, anyways, thank you, thank you, thank you. That us about your Creole. I really am, you know, because oh I want it to God. be out there. Like I really do. Even you even the voice. Listens, but the thing. We need to do career lessons, but we if do. I have to be honest with you, I am such a rebel in a way where I rebel against people trying to tell me what to do. I'm going to sit down in that class. I'm going to sit down in that class. We need to do one on the podcast. What, a career lesson? Wait, Abu yes. is taking career classes, though. Abu. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I I yeah, you didn't know this. Okay, okay, let me yeah. just like... But you know what? I think it is a thing I, like that's sick because I think it's really good for people that genuinely cannot speak any Creole. But I think there's mm-hmm. definitely a difference in like, you know, we can understand everything they say. It's just about does the Creole classes focus on pronunciation or the actual translation of a word? Because I don't think we need I don't think we need I don't think we need classes for the translation of things. I think we can translate. I think the way we talk it just yeah, sounds yeah. very fuller. So because of yeah. that you know, <laughs> Yeah it is a fuller career. <laughs> we we can say the words we can we can put the yeah. together we can probably write it. It's just probably the way we say it. It yeah. just sounds like we doing that. Do you but you know there's some people that can't even understand Creole that are still learning. But well. they need to go Creole yeah. classes then. Yeah, that's that's so they need Creole one on one for sure. Mm-hmm. But can they yeah. do listen, people that watch Boku Talk, yeah? We even need to make a name for our, our supporters, yeah. Yes, we do. Go and do the lessons. Don't put the flag on your Twitter name and not actively try to be oh, more part you. about the community. <laughs> yeah. Because we doing. You know me? Yeah. My aim this year, I have to learn how to cook all the plastasses because I really yes. can't. It's easy though. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. But you know it is. It's patience. Because my mum... Anyway. Yeah. Oh, good. Then goes it. All right, cool. Let's talk about well, let's talk about feminism. You know, like what does feminine feminism look like in Syria? Because you know what, yeah, I don't know if I'm wrong in it, but I know oh, what so happened. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to free time, yeah, I could be wrong, right? But I feel like there's bare guys. There's just two. I feel like there's more guys than girls. Am I wrong? That's, yeah, naturally, yeah. I think there's more guys than girls, right? So I can imagine, yeah. We're in Sierra Leone? Yeah, yeah. with the Nebi. I know, I think we have more women, actually. Oh, wow. It's not really? a population. There are more women. Oh, yes, more than 50% of Sierra Leone is female. Oh, women. Oh, that's dope, then. Interesting fact. Thank you. 
I don't I know. think you mean online though. There are definitely more men. No. Oh no, in Julian. When I went yeah, to, online, then, yeah. So tell you know, like I'm not saying I like man business, but maybe my eyes were just not cream the thing. Oh, I don't know. Okay, she cannot do it. <laughs> Oh yeah, you can only see the man, right? <laughs> Listen, what's the really. problem? Because I, I know mix panando. Anyways, when I went there, okay. just so, <laughs> like, it just feels like you know, there's, a, there's it's probably like very male dominated, you know? Maybe yeah, it's definitely male dominated. It's definitely male dominated. We live in a very um in a very patriarchal society as well where the men are definitely louder i think that's why you think there are just more men than women but i think it's just because the men are louder um the their voices are more amplified than women mm. i think that's why there's the idea that you no know, please we have like, so many women which is why it's so sad that we live in a society that oppresses women so much yeah. you know there's so many of us and i feel like most of the issues affecting Leon are women's issues when it comes to women's issues it's just like oh when i get women in the forward talk button like i would like to see panels where women are invited and it's an all-women panel and it's not about gender it's about like tech it's about policy it's about you know politics and all of that but as soon as it comes to things affecting women it's not really seen as like a mainstream Leonian issue it's just seen as like an afterthought like oh yeah let's add gender and gender diversity just like sprinkle it on top you know to make it rosy but like the the fundamental Leonian issues are women's issues like because we do make up a large percentage of the population and we also bear the brunt of many of the issues going on in Sierra Leone. Yeah. So I think that's the that's why it's so unfortunate. So what, so like, what would feminism look like mm-hmm. out there? Like what does it look like you being a feminist? What 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 is it what's your experience so far? Like? In Sierra Leone. I think I think there are a lot of um there's a lot of activism um but there isn't a lot of feminism. Because those are two different things, right? <laughs> you have women's rights, activism, and then you have feminism. Feminism is basically um, how it's, it's a political lens of how you do things. So for me to say that I'm feminist, yes, I do believe in you know, women's equality and equality of the sexes, that we should have equal opportunities. But when you really come down to it in Sierra Leone, it's extremely difficult to have that like, that kind of mindset. Even men who say they are feminists, men who say, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm all of this. I'm all for women." When it really comes down to it, they find it difficult to address things in their masculinity that are damaging to women. Mm-hmm. So even when he tried to. Even just talk about like why we need feminism, you know, like why feminism is important. You you find that there'll be some backlash. They'll say, "Oh, you guys just hate men," or you know, not all men are like what you are saying. Okay, yeah, not all men are like that, but we have a really high um, sexual assault. Like we have so many sexual assault cases, so many rape cases. There are many things that are taboo in Sierra Leone. Um, that are not talked about that do affect women like sexuality and pleasure and all of that mm-hmm. we have a lot of sexual harassment that happens as a young woman living in Sierra Leone I definitely gone through that as a teenager as a child from Sierra Leone I've definitely gone through all, all forms of sexual harassment trust me so I think it's first of all accepting that we have a problem that's the issue like even accepting that Sierra Leone is so patriarchal and we need to change it. That's been the problem. I think a lot of people are just trying to do, you know, panta panta, blow on all, you know, high body see so too much. You know, that's how our society yeah. are. That's the African way. And so African people and they not can turn me to with man and blah blah blah. But I mean, come on, advocating for basic women's rights and saying you should see us in our full humanity is all of a sudden a Western concept. Like <laughs> Yeah, I think know, it's so. well, like, with um with Africa in general, it's it's a, it's a very it's a very misogynist content. 
that's that is literally it when it comes to so if we're speaking about Sierra now yeah Sierra is it's it's very misogynist like the men there a lot of them I don't know if they even realize it that they act this way towards women you know what I mean like I you, think so yeah and it's and it's not right you know it's not right so I can actually imagine what you're I can literally visualize you everything that you said because they just feel like because they're stuck in their ways, it's almost like, who are you to change it? Who are you as this so-called feminist to come and change it? So it's like, you can have these views, you know that it's wrong and everything, but to really go out there and voice it, that's another thing. It's quite, it is difficult. And that's, that's completely, it's understandable. But I do hope that with this next generation that's coming up, things are able to change. Like you mentioned another thing about, you know, women and sexuality in Sierra Leone as well. And literally, I think the other day I saw a thread on Twitter and it was say it was something like um it was the queer friends that are part of the um LGBT um plus I love the queer friends. And, and when I saw that yeah. I was like, wow, like, oh my gosh, this is this is African. Not only is this African, this is Sierra Leonean. This is something mm-hmm. that you don't see, just like what you were saying. It's very taboo, but mm. they're putting it out there because let's be real, there are gay, lesbian, um, trans Sierra Leoneans out there. And unfortunately, mm. they can't really be as open as they would probably want to. But I hope that we do get to that stage where slowly, slowly they can be themselves, they can be free and live in, within, within their truths. But the only way that's going to be able to happen is if we have a society that's willing to be open to it. They're willing yes. to, you know, respect women. They're willing to respect um, the LGBTQI and plus, you know, we need these things, yeah. we need it. Yeah. That's how we're gonna move forward. So, mm-hmm. um, so Ngozi, in terms of, so you touched on sexual assault. We know that right now, unfortunately, there, there, I feel like there's been a rise in sexual assault in Sierra Leone. Not to say that it hasn't been there. It's definitely been there. But with social media, we've been able to kind of, you know, it's been, a, it's been, it's been clear. It's been, a, it's been a lot clearer to us. So in the recent case has been with Khadija Sanko. Sako? Sako, sorry. Sako. Who unfortunately was um, raped and murdered a couple of weeks ago. She was five years old. So what is what is the case looking like now in Sierra Leone? And what are, what is everybody, you know, saying about it? What are their stances on it? So I think, um, I don't think the cases are, maybe they might be increasing. It's also unfortunate that we don't really have a solid way of measuring Mm. if the cases are even increasing. Um, I know Rainbow Center does a good job of that. Um, Rainbow Center, they are, I think, basically the only center for sexual assault cases in Sierra Leone. I think what's happening is now in the age of social media and in the age of, you know, WhatsApp and phones, more of these cases have been highlighted. But if you really go on the ground, like if you go to the provinces, I mean, there are so many of these cases going on. And the sad thing is not all of them are being reported. So definitely they are not being recorded, but you know that they're happening because if you go to these communities, I often, I mean, before Corona, pre-Corona, I used to go up country a lot for work. And you would always hear about these, you know, sexual assault cases and I mean, women not just children but i mean women as you know 35 years old 40 babies a year old two years old i I think we really have a a problem and i think the problem stems from people having this idea that oh these men who do these things they're like animals you know they're rapists and whatnot yes it's true but they're literally embedded in our society Like, these are not just men who, you know, spring up <laughs> and, you know, and go rape someone. Like, this is literally someone in maybe your house, mm-hmm. your neighbor, your church, your office. Like we, And the basis of that is just lack of respect for women and lack of respect for women's bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it all the time. I, I When this Khadija case came out, I saw, you know, lots of outrage, rightfully, from women, from men as well, you know, saying, hey, this is wrong, this is blah, blah, blah. But I was also thinking a lot of what happens in Sierra Leone, a lot of the domestic violence and sexual assault that happens, happens behind closed doors. And these are like intimate relationships, right? So yes, you're a man. 
and you are rightfully so outraged as this man who raped a five-year-old. But how do you react when a woman tells you no? Mm-hmm. How do you react when your girlfriend tells you no? Mm-hmm. How do you react when a woman turns you down? Do you feel angry? Like, where does that anger come from? Do you just randomly, like, grab women? Do you, at a, at a club, yeah. at a chilling, do you just, like, put your arms around a woman's waist? And when she says no, it's like, yeah, I didn't make so. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think because we haven't really acknowledged that these aren't, it's a, it's a widespread thing. It's not just the rape and the sexual assault, but the harassment and the disrespect of women. Um, I think once we see it as like an all-encompassing problem that we do have rape culture, you know, I think then we can move forward and try to change our attitudes. Because it really is, yes, the laws need to work. Yes, we need those cases reported to go on faster and for the perpetrators to be like prosecuted and serve time in jail and not just like 30 days or 15 days or you know a month or so or not even go to jail like we actually need the laws to work but even as a society like we need to really sit down and think about Mm -hmm. how do we perceive women Mm -hmm. like how do we think of like do we just see them as you know, if you're going to marry someone, hey, this man, man, therefore can't cook for me, mm-hmm. therefore can't cook for me, therefore clean me suits. Like, do you mm-hmm. see women as full human beings with, like, full lives? So we really need to have those, those conversations. I was going to say, even, like, to when you said, Asha, that there would be a rise, I was, I remember me and you had the conversation to say, and I kept saying to you, I don't think it's a rise. I think what it is is that they're now discussing it more. Because you can, yeah. if, if you talk to aunties, uncles, and people around you, get them in the right mood, they'll tell you they've they've gone through their own. I don't mm-hmm. know one person mm-hmm. that hasn't, like, I don't know one auntie or uncle who hasn't somewhat gone through some sort of humiliation, some sort mm-hmm. of sexual assault, harassment from childhood. Every single one has had some sort of um, experience with it and wasn't able to put a name to it because it's the norm and mm-hmm. I really like what you said because what I think it is is that yeah it, the big issue is how do you view women but then it's also down to like what what was what why is the norm so anti not anti-women but why is the norm in in your mind as a man so do you understand women I don't want to be as blunt as that, but why is the norm <laughs> in our culture, African culture, so anti-women? But, and then what annoys me is that, like you said, what are these people that are outraged doing in their own home? Are you, yeah. are you listening to the no's and things like that? Mm. But, you, but you, you'll sit here and you, you'll join in the conversation and be outraged because somebody has brought something up. But how many of us, let's be honest here, because this is a question, it's, it's going to be a hard one, but how many of us can sit here and say, yeah, we've been in a, amongst the setting where we've seen maybe harassment happening. What the hell did we do? I can tell you for free, I've probably been in them situations and not even deeped it and have done nothing. Or maybe I have seen it and still have not done nothing. So it's not even just like, you know, just I think uh, collectively we need to empower ourselves as women, of course, number one, because the more that mm. we stand up, the more they're going to realise, you know what, this is enough. But number two, they need to go back and really not just educate the men, but find out what the hell is going on. Like, what the hell is going on with you, Zor? Like, what is it that you, what are the core values in your household? What, I've, what have you seen growing up? And this will always go down to mental health. These are conversations you don't need to have. You need to talk about things. You need to offload. Fine, I know these things can be expensive. The resources are not there. It's only now that, you know, in the past, what, five, ten years, people are discussing mental health more in a, in a more detailed way. Do you understand? Yeah. But it doesn't mean the conversation should not happen. If you know that you're, you yourself, like, even me, I was like, I have these, I have these visions. Sometimes I walk, yesterday I was walking, and I was, like, proper thinking about, like, loads of different things. And I was thinking, like, 
me and Asha, there was a time ago when me and Asha was talking, we were talking about like men's mental health because there was a rise in suicides in the UK in men. So I was saying to her, maybe we can do like, like a range of like panel talks with like these psychologists, psychiatrists, all these different type of men. We can come in and talk to them about what potential issues there are, especially to like help that. Then it made me think like, raw, is that not something that can be taken back and maybe just, you know, not make people come, but if they have an interest in it, Put down some, like, make some slideshows slide up, right? Put some things down. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever felt like that? If you felt like this, do you, can you go and speak to this person? It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you, but I'm happy that you've identified it. Because the, the sooner you identify the issue, it's easier to eliminate. But if you sit back and you're thinking this is the norm and it's not a conversation that people want to have, then it's never going to be stopped. But you want to sit here and you want to forward videos and you want to forward things and mm. have these discussions, but you don't want to participate in the solution. It's stupid. It's annoying. Mm. Sorry, I, I, I think um I think as well it's 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 also a thing where there's there's a lot of unlearning that needs to be done because at the end of the day like a lot of these so for example you see a young boy right now who who he sees a young girl in the, in the streets in Sierra Leone he's trying to talk to her he starts touching her and all of that this is something that he has learned from uncle uncle has also learned from his uncle uncle has learned from his dad uncle has learned from his granddad this is something that has been happening from from back in the day people marrying young children young people whatever so when you see these things that are happening in your family you're thinking okay this is normal and then you also get the other people that think well i'm not raping anybody it's not like i'm forcing anyone to have sex with me so i'm not doing nothing but mm-hmm. you're you're also a part of and we actually spoke about this um on twitter a couple of weeks ago so i learned to our we're in that now and uh, we were talking about <laughs> like, this whole thing with pequito um i actually went i was on our book um, talk podcast twitter and i asked like what is the actual meaning of pequito Pe- Pe- i'm even saying this word wrong and then god you correct me please. Was it? Pequito. exactly. And it's because I've heard this word in the community, like in, in the UK. And I used to think, what does it mean? Does it mean like, oh, like, you know, Nami Baby Dandy or something like that? Is it another word for that? When I saw the responses come, um, come in, when me and Fiona saw them, we were just like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what's going on here? The, yeah. you, you gave us a meaning, um, Maria Bradford shout out to her like she gave us another meaning as well and yeah. basically it was just it was just it's not a good word is it like you're a grown no, man no. and it's you looking at a young child that you find attractive basic basically that's what you know that word is so it's like for a long time i think the word wasn't like the way we think of it now mm. um definitely with an element of disgust but for a long time and for a lot of people, it's fine. It's, it's not like there's not, <laughs> not an issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that the reason these things happen is because people are now having these discussions. I, I'm telling you right now, right, for free, even you saying that just now, I can recall when I was a kid, like a, a young kid, like I can recall uncles that have come for a hair, where we with? And they're talking about me. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's rubbish. It's and rubbish. It's very normal because. But like you know, so many things have become normalized. It was so many things have become normalized. People, people around are not, are not deep in. They say it's a joke, but, it's, but there's an intention behind that joke. Every joke has yeah. an intent. Why do? Yeah. Why? Why must you act? Why must you joke like that? It's a. It's a yeah. child. But because that's how it starts you know. as well. Before you yeah. know it, they're giving you money. They can't scratch you and all of that mm. kind of stuff. That's mm. how it starts. That's how mm. it starts. So it's, and it's so crazy as well. You're like, you know, like for me anyways, growing up, like my mum would say stuff. If let's say there's an uncle or whatever coming around or whatever, she'll be like, oh, you know, make sure you're wearing, mm-hmm. you know, proper clothes and whatever. When you really think about it, you know, you shouldn't have to that's do That's messed that. up that's because, because like, if you're a child. <laughs> you know the thing, but that, that's, that's, a, so messed up. that's a flag for you. Yeah. That's a flag for you to see yeah. that your mum is aware of these type of behaviors as well. Yeah. You understand, but it's yeah. it's such a, it's such a touchy subject because if the wrong person, if anyone talks out, it's very quick for everyone to be ready to backlash. But actually, yeah. our parents were really protecting us from a lot because, yeah. um, especially in the UK, 
Especially in the uh, UK. Let me tell you something, yeah. You see me, my family, right? It's only now I'm coming within the salon community like that. It's only now I'm finding my feet in that. You think I knew people before? My mom and dad was not allowing it. They was not allowing a lot of things. And because I Because she knew about the parental behavior of older of men. Of course. Yeah. I she was like, maybe they've had experience or they've seen things that they haven't talked to us about. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm yeah. there's a need for these conversations to keep happening. We need to apply pressure at this point. And one thing that was that's really messed up you know is you know i went to um high school and i didn't finish when well, i went to high school at the annie walsh and one thing that was really messed up not that i want to single out my school <laughs> it definitely happened yeah, in other schools yeah. as well. so please i will guys don't uh, be mad but one thing that was really messed up was the predatory behavior of older men coming to our school um, to pick up young girls like after school um, teachers I definitely had like three experiences of like a class teacher there was this one who was my form teacher right and he um, propositioned me to have sex with him he like put like his picture in a pamphlet in quotes he was trying to sell to me in quotes and some money in the pamphlet and he was like, oh, see me after school. And then when I reported it, though, that was what was annoying. When I reported it, the, like, teacher who was in charge was just like, oh, boy, you know, no, say you don't big. Look where you don't big. Look where you don't wait. I was, I was like, <laughs> I was 15. There was also this guy who, like, I was 13 and I was in church and he, like, gave me his number he was i mean like these things happen so much but you know what's messed up what's messed up is as at that age you don't think it's um it's kind of like a self-esteem boost you mm-hmm. know like hey me a big man they want mm-hmm. me you know blah blah and even our society kind of we 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 don't really look down on it though i think it's only now maybe with like mm-hmm. people on learning and having this idea it's not really a taboo, I guess, for older men to prey on, like, girls. I think maybe it's, like, even with this whole hands-off campaign, that people are like, oh, it's actually wrong, like, not bad thing they do, you know, like, who do you really think of it as, you know, negative? And you, you'd even, even as a young girl, I've heard stories of girls who were involved in relationships with older men who are only now accepting that wow there are lots of things in that relationship that was messed up i was a child he was older i got the blame for like everything that happened these guys were probably like married with families but you have 15 14 16 are you in the course so you jog man i mean like so i think as a society we do have a problem with things that are normal but they're so normalized but then we it's only now that we're trying to unlearn a lot of things there's two things that came to mind when you were speaking was definitely the self-esteem boost thing but then it's mm. like it makes you it makes you think oh okay well you know we're not going to pretend like you you want the compliments but you're young yeah. we don't know we don't know what's actually happening because we haven't been educated on it these are conversations we're going to have with our children when we have them let's be honest from young these are not conversations people were having before because they didn't know but one thing i thought about this self-esteem thing is that it happens you get into the situation then you get blamed when things get out of hand and get slut shamed for it that's one thing i really just think mind your business like why did you even approach me secondly first of all and secondly the other thing was like oh damn it's gone damn wait 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 wow. wait, <laughs> wait 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 oh what was he you said self-esteem thing and then you were talking about how um, oh, it was a really good point. Oh, it's gonna come. <laughs> Lost it. It's gonna come back. Lost it. It'll come. It It'll will probably come like come. When, like <laughs> when you're about to sleep at like ten pm. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good point. But yeah, like you were saying, everything you're saying it's just it's fam. They need to do. We need to do more. And you know, even when Asha was we talking need to about do more. How a small boy like you know would touch a girl on the streets and growing it, it it's so normalized. Ah, I came back, Nollywood. 
They would make <laughs> movies praising these things. Like, I remember watching things mm-hmm. like Blackberry Babes. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get a good grade today because oh. my teacher, things like that. They were getting praised. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you slept with a teacher or you need to do this with your teacher. These things were, were, were seen in a very, like, that glorified them, which is why it became more easy to enable. But it's like, why you can't just call a spade a spade? If something's wrong, portray it in a wrong light. Why are you now manipulating it for it to be seen as good? And then now, later down the line, when people are actually clocking on, because we're becoming more work every single day, it's like, no, that's wrong. Well, no, you need to go back and look at everything you've ever created and all your, we are all guilty, right? I think personally, I think as an individual, we're all guilty of maybe seeing a potential thing happen or, you know, being around something and not, being educated enough to know, actually, that was a right. Did I assist that person? But now we're in a situation whereby we're more educated to know what's yeah. going on. What can we do from there? There's a lot of work to do. Go on. Yeah, and when you know better, you definitely do better. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of education going on, especially now with you know social media. There are lots of um, groups in Sierra Leone coming up. Um, there's one I'm a part of, Farm Collective, a group of young feminists, and um, we've kind of held some like awareness raising events where just to educate people and just to say, hey, this is how our society is, and this is how we can do better. I think, I do think there's hope really for our generation. I think the conversations that were not being had by our parents and our parents' generation, I think we are we kind of have more space for that right now and we definitely want to unlearn um a lot of things so i just think we need to keep on having these conversations and also for for guys to know that you know like patriarchy also harms men i mean it's sad that we have to highlight that it harms men for people to get it but it does harm men like if you if anything that you feel um you know like you are in charge and you are in power and this is it it does harm you in a way because there's also this burden on you to always kind of be the man and blah 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 so i think we need we definitely need more men as allies in feminism but i think even before them becoming allies there's a lot that they have to unlearn and there's a lot that they have to be open to yeah. No, I've, I've said to myself, yeah, like when it comes to to men, because it does it does affect them as well. But I feel like sometimes we kind of, without realizing it yet, it's like it's almost like we kind of feel like men are dumb, like oh, men don't understand. You know, they need mm-hmm. to be taught more. But mm-hmm. if you were to put a straight man next to a gay man, yeah. And that gay man started touching that straight man inappropriately. I'm telling you, that straight man will know what consent is. He will know what, at that moment, he will know what sexual assault is. Do you know what I mean? So it's not a thing of not knowing what it is. It's not a thing of them, you know, not understanding it. It's they don't want to understand. Because when you, because when you take something away from somebody, something that they've learned all of these years, that's how they've lived their life. It's like, hold on, I've been doing this for how long? How are you telling me to not do it? You know, yeah. what, what I think yeah. needs to be done as well is just literally just, we keep, we need to keep putting it in their heads that we will put you in jail. We will throw you okay. under the prison. Yeah. It will be consequences. This is not okay. I think that's where it starts first. If there, if more is done in governments, and I mean, not even just in Sierra Leone, everywhere, to show that, hey, when you do these things, there will be serious consequences for it. We may see a decrease. But right now, because so many people, one second, I'm gonna, yeah, one second, yeah. When um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, Why from now they can see that there's no kind of sorry, there's no like real consequences for it, or um, yeah, definitely right. Men not being held accountable for their actions. Exactly, when they're not being held accountable, it's like oh yeah, I'll carry on. Sorry, darling. Yeah. No, do you know what? I agree with you completely. And I even agree with you. Like, the only thing is, don't hear me for saying this one. I'm not saying that what you said about the gay man and the, the straight man thing, I ain't saying that ain't right because they know what consenting when it comes mm-hmm. to that. But I also think it still <laughs> goes down to the role of how they raise men to view women. Because the thing is, if you look at it like this, 
they would say that with men because they always believe that men should not be moving or touching other men. Do you yeah. understand? But then they always feel like a women's role. I have property. I have entire women. So I do think, yeah, I don't think men are dumb at all. I think they're aware of what consent is, but I do think it's hazy sometimes. I'm not enabling it, but I'm saying it's hazy depending on how their role of, how do you view a woman? And what really gets me the most here is that a lot of the time, let's not sit here and pretend, right? You have a household that has a full mum, dad, and everybody. But you also have many households that are just mums. Would you want that to your mum? Would you want, do you understand? How are you not able to, it's how you take the information and experiences and, and be able to adapt it completely all over. So I'm not, I'm not too sure. I do I agree with you completely. Men are not dumb. They're aware of what consent is. But it's just how they apply it to what. Because like I said like before, let's be honest. When, when you grow up, the man is the man. A woman is a woman. You're meant to marry a woman. Your wife is supposed to do this. <laughs> Your wife is supposed to do that. It's gender how, roles. Yeah, they, it's, how they, it's how much they, they emphasize these gender roles and how much they believe in their soul. They feel entitled to what and who we are and that is a narrative that has not just been put through in the culture it's been put through in years through books movies through it's, it's just been the norm yeah do you yeah. understand so, of entitlement and i do agree with you actually i think it's it's very difficult for and i think that's why there's such a resistance at, as well to feminism it's like if for so long your gender is seen as the dominant one and the one that's, you know, entitled to a lot of things, it's very difficult to give up that power. And I think that's where the resistance comes in. Like, you don't want, for me, I, I don't really measure, I don't like to tell them that, oh, what if this were your mom or your sister, or because mm -hmm. there are men who love, are deeply in love with their moms and deeply in love with their daughters, but as sexist as hell. Mm. I like to see it as how do you relate to women who are not related to you in any way? Mm. Like, how do you relate to women who are in a position of authority? You know, how do you relate to women who challenge the way you think? How do you relate to women who are smarter than you? How do you relate to women who are wealthier than you, who are more than you? I think that's really where attractive. you start to see. Exactly. That's mm. where you start to see how they really feel about women. Um, and I think once we once they are challenged to think of women in like the entirety of their humanity, like how do you relate to sex workers? Hey, th those are women. How do you relate to trans women? You know, how do you relate to women who don't fit into this your idea of like this how a woman should be all feminine and whatnot? How do you relate to women who are lesbian? You know, so I I really think that's where we need to go. It's not like how, how, like, if this were your daughter, and if this, because, I mean, hey, we know stories of fathers who abuse their daughters, of, mm. you know, men who beat their wives, men who just don't have any regard for their sisters. So it's really about how you deal with women who, in quotes, are, are not like your idea of what a woman should be, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you completely. Yeah. I forget you. It's definitely intense. Oh. <laughs> yes, but, yeah. I, I hope we'll get yeah. there. I think more. I think the more men. I mean, it's unfortunate that um, men kind of take the word of other men with like more weight. But I think the more that men talk to each other and have these conversations, because it's also a burden to. I mean, like, I'm a feminist, right? But it's it's also a bit exhausting to explain to them all the time, like, hey, this is how you should behave. I mean, come on, <laughs> like, you're a grown man. You're supposed to have all these values. Like, I just wish they'll take, they would also step up and really educate themselves and each other a bit more. And you know, the other thing really is, like, good point. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, you made a really good point about men having conversations with men mm -hmm. and it, it's true what you said i don't know i don't know where is there's actually a name for it i'm gonna find out one day but um men seem to take the opinions of other men more seriously for some strange reason so that's why like with women and, and you know being you know feminists and and you know being um advocates for um you know dis literally dismantling sexual assault and everything like that 
when it comes from us, it's all of these questions like, what are you talking about? Or this and that. But another man telling you what you're doing is wrong and here is why and here are the consequences of your actions and everything like that. It's true what you're saying. It actually does hold more weight. Unfortunately, it should hold weight in general. <laughs> but those type, that's why we need more men that are allies. It's true what you're saying. We need more men that are willing to really go out of their way to educate themselves yeah. on the and it shouldn't have to be because you've got a mum, you've got a daughter, you've got a sister. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's just a human life, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, it's sick that you said that because um, I was even trying to figure out if I was a guy, yeah, why would I respect the opinion opinion of another guy? Is it you know that men here? Yeah? Because like, not to say you lot are trash, but kind of are. Anyways, it's cool. Um, <laughs> They, they definitely are. No, they're for armor. Sorry, they're for armor. Don't say it. Like, you know, anyways, yeah, moving yeah. forward. I think it even stems down to the fact that, like, you've got a team of people. Imagine it like a team, yeah, a big team of just men, and it's like everyone's going for the same thing. They all, they all understand the same game, the same rules of it. And one of them decides, now nah, that ain't cool no more. I ain't doing that no more. And then it's like the rest of them follow suit. So why, but if it was like a girl, do you understand what I'm trying to, I, I don't know if I'm explaining this right. So then like when that guy, he goes up to the guy and he says, oh, how come you're not banging it the same way? He goes, because that ain't right. Like what you lot ain't doing is right. It's like, well, raw, like, I don't want to be left behind to be the one that's doing the wrong thing. Which is yeah. stupid because you should already not be doing wrong. Yeah. It's and kind of like you need and you, you, someone, you right? Need, you shouldn't need exactly. another team player to tell you that. Mm-hmm. You should know it. And mm-hmm. anyone that tells you that is mm-hmm. telling you that. But I can I, I I don't know. And you know another thing I do want to push out there is as much as how like these conversations are very hard and they're very hard conversations to have, although they're very necessary, very, very necessary and needed. And it don't matter how difficult it may sound, conversations gotta happen. But it doesn't have to be such a negative persecuting conversation mm. provided you're open to hearing what is said do you understand mm. provided you're open yeah. to hearing it and you're open to being like you're open to identify if to learning yeah if you're it doesn't yeah. have to be something where you feel so attacked do you understand because yeah. yeah. one thing we're not doing is we're not clapping for people that ain't doing that because you shouldn't be doing that anyway Exactly. But, do you understand what I'm saying? Like people that ain't doing that, yeah, well done. Like, but I'm not coming to clap for you. Not even well done. It's, you're supposed to I'm do it. I'm taking my well done back. Yeah, that well exactly. done back. <laughs> like you don't deserve a cookie for being a decent human being. Yeah, just, like, yeah. The conversation as well. If you feel like you know you're you're going down that line of whatever, you feel like that's something that's around you. Talk to someone about it. They're not gonna fight you about it. If anything, they might. <laughs> I wouldn't say they, they're not going to commend you because you shouldn't be doing that anyway, but it's the first step. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the openness to learning that needs to happen. Yeah. I think um, oftentimes there's this resistance because people think it's an attack. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like it's an attack, maybe there's something underlying that you should take care of because someone, I mean, just asserting themselves or saying how they feel shouldn't feel like an attack and i mean it's it's also exhausting though to be honest like it's really tiring to always have to be have civil conversations sometimes because i get what you're saying it's not like they don't know though like they really honestly understand that there are certain things that are wrong Mm -hmm. and so it's exhausting to try to point out all the time like i mean come on shouldn't you know this by now like <laughs> you know this by now. So I think that's where oftentimes the frustration comes out and then they see it as, oh, well, we are being attacked. Well, if you are being attacked, then retreat and do some self-reflection and really mm-hmm. think about why you feel attacked. Like, did, did, some, did it touch a nerve? You know, did the lady's point, did a woman's point that she made touch a raw nerve and that made you feel somehow like it attacks your ego you know if you feel like it's an attack and it's an attack on your ego and you should examine why your ego is so fragile yeah when your ego is not your ego it means that you're actually a front art and you need to sort your life out they feel like but they feel like this as well because when you're in a society so i'm speaking i'm speaking a bit more about syria now 
you're in a, when you're in a society that kind of focuses more on I want to say actually you know what let me say Africa in general we'll get yeah, say Africa. <laughs> when you're in a, a, like, a, a continent that focuses more on money than you know that their people you get these things you get these mindsets because I was just thinking the other day in let's say now so Sierra Leone yeah if somebody was stealing from somebody's market yeah they will run after you and they will beat you the whole street they will beat the whole street the whole street street so why is it that when it's to do with rapists or pedophiles or whatever we don't have that same energy it's not like it can't happen it can I'm not trying to say that that's the only you know thing that should be happening we should just beat them up of course not like lock them up and throw away the key. But we need to, as a community, the way we're so, you know, um, together when it comes to stealing from people, when it comes to stealing somebody's market or, um, again, not going to go into it, but politics or whatever, we need to have that same energy for our women. You know, we need to have that same energy for our children as well. What? You find out that someone is sleeping with a child or whatever, yeah, go beat them. Go and beat them and then call pick the and choose what you want to be Go and beat them about. Call the police. That's and, and unfortunately, I, I know what I know what I'm saying it in a perfect world, that is what would happen. But something needs to happen so we can get to that stage. You know, honestly, in some settings it does happen. They do beat up like the rapists and whatnot before they take them to the police. But I think the danger in that mm. is um You've got your punishment. Yeah, no, one thing I've observed though is that there's this difference in anger when it happens to a child or it happens to a grown woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in any way saying that, I'm not like trying to weigh the two situations. I'm just saying, I think when it comes to the bodies of women as well, if it's a child, then there's that anger, like, wow, like how, why would you, what, what do you see in like a five-year-old? What do you see in a six-year-old? And I've actually seen where there's that anger and people come out and, you know, it's, but when it happens to maybe if you are 36, mm-hmm. um, then it's a, it's almost a different conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what were you wearing? Did you lead him on? Oh. Um, kind of life, you depend, you know. Exactly. So I'd really rather that the mob, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely the anger, but I just wish it would be the same it will be consistent and that the law will take its course because yeah. I, there was this video that came out where like a top official was also saying like, would you like be to get peace? The, the, the downside of that though is that people are not going to report the rapist, especially if it's in a family mm-hmm. and it's the mom's brother. You think the mom's brother, the mom is going to be like, Oh yes, Maka expose me but I mean they can be tranquilan for me. You know, it's it's so I, I'd rather that the law takes its course yeah. caused in all the cases. Like it doesn't matter if it's if it's a five year old victim or a fifty year old woman, let the law just take its course and we should have the same righteous anger throughout for all the cases. Mm-hmm. It's true what you're saying. It's true. Because that's another thing, like you were saying this earlier, like a lot of these rapists, pedophiles, they're, they're in people's families, their uncles, mm-hmm. their dads, all of that. So it's like really and truly that, you know, let's say the woman in question, is she really going to want to report them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like as a woman, you shouldn't even, you shouldn't have to think like that, unfortunately. Do you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't have to be that's like, true. oh, there must my family member and everything. But then I also understand that side of it I do and not that I want them to do that I don't I want them to report but then I also I empathize with them on that side as well because it's like that's my family or whatever and they're probably seeing oh, it. in some cases your son because uh, mm. your brother saw yeah. your sister then yeah yeah. It's true. In some cases, you know, your let's say your son has done something to someone else's child, you know, or another woman, you know, you're not going to want to report. But we need to understand that by you reporting and you sending them away, you're doing them a favor. Because what if that <laughs> son or that uncle or whatever continues to do this? Continues yeah. to do it to the point of when one day will happen to you. What are you going to do then? Yeah. You're going to yeah. wish that from when you you found out that they were doing what they were doing that you reported it from them, from them. Yeah. So. There's just a lot. There's loads of conversations that this needs to be had, and we just need to consider as well those people that you know they have a son and 
their sons are rapists. What do we do with those mothers? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of aftercare that has to come with it. Yes. There's a lot. There's a lot. And I think, I, I just think the more people speak up, though, I think um, the the better. It's just the idea that there's this taboo. I mean, we're, I I don't think things have gotten better, but I think we're we are kind of moving because there are still situations where it's like settlements where if a man rapes a girl, they will come with like bags of rice and pamine and whatnot. Uh, but I think... <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that used to happen. I think, and it's still happening. It's called settlement, you know. And so, but I think now... Right and like, pamine is going to solve three bags of rice and Wait a second, wait a second. Rice, pamine, and saute, magi cube, fried fish is going to solve the years fish, of, 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 of pain, of pain mm-hmm. trauma, and potential destruction to my mental mm-hmm. health and my mm-hmm. body and how I view myself. But everybody eats, right? But if I look at it that way, because we also live in a society that's very, very poor and deprived. So imagine if this woman, I mean, of course I'm not making excuses, God forbid, mm. but I'm just saying there are so many things that are that come into play. That's why I'm saying women's issues are fundamentally Sierra issues because it's also a poverty issue as well, right? Yes. If this woman is like poor, deprived, only earns like 10,000 a day and someone rapes her daughter and says, oh, I, they can't give 500,000, not can go police. Of course, ideally, you should take that man to the police station anyway. But once you've taken him to the police station and he's a powerful man in your society and they kill the case, you yeah. know? It's like weighing up odds, isn't it? It's, it's really like, complicated oh, okay. and we need to look at all these different things at, at play. Mm-hmm. And that is so many layers. Paying off families as well. That's probably exactly. that, that family, they will take the money because just like what you said, out of poverty. It's this so is sad and then that man can end up doing the same thing over and over again but again looking from the family's point of view you're in poverty you're not getting that in you will mm. take the money mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's it's upsetting really me sad. That's what, now it's when sad. you say it like that it makes you think because there's a lot of people even all over the world that people get paid off like millions of money millions yeah. and mm-hmm. it's upsetting that this is what is result to you like you lot are quick to go to the police about murder and things like that and i get mm. it you know there's levels to this but Yo, it's basically like you're murdering someone's like mental health and that. I know it could take long and whatever, but it just takes it just takes like support, man. People need to come mm. forward and talk more. They need to get encouraged to talk more and feel safe in what they're talking. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard being a woman. It's hard, being a woman. Oh. <laughs> it's hard man. It's really irritating me. It's frustrating me. Yeah. Oh, man. Aspect as well, you know, literally, it's hard. Damn. like sexual assault cases, it's, it's in the working environment, there's the mm. pay gap, all of that. Like, in, mm. in terms of that, like, what is it like in Sierra Leone? Like, you know, in terms of pay and stuff like that, do you have that pay gap issue as well in, in Sierra Leone? I don't think so. I don't think there's a pay gap, I think there's a gap in, op- in terms of opportunities, maybe. Mm. Um, I mean. There, there are usually these things where people will say, oh, women are encouraged to apply to certain companies and, you know, you send in your application and yes, you'll get it. But then even just the, the, if the environment itself does not really encourage you to thrive as a woman, then I think that's the problem. I don't think it's necessarily a pay gap problem. I think it's just, um, you know, if you're, maybe you're harassed at work, or maybe you just don't feel um, you work long hours and then you have to go home and maybe make food for your family. And so there's no extra time to like do any kind of career progression. So I don't think it's the pay gap. I think it's just to, to climb up to the top takes a lot of steps. And there are women who have done that and I salute them, but I think it's just sad that we can only like, I can literally count how many women are in like top managerial levels and top corporate levels and I, I think there will be more women if we just have this idea that women are capable 
and create working environments that do support women and it's not seen like as like a burden to employ a woman because you know but really make sure that work policies are inclusive and sensitive to women um, and really creating opportunities that if a woman is applying for a job and gets the job that she feels supported that she's really safe she feels safe in her job you know, you know, they go to assignment, they go yanam, or person they put a panel for her last time. I mean, all of those little things actually discourage people, you know, or you people just don't think you're capable enough and all of that. So I don't think it's a pay gap, but I think it's just a gap in opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Wow. wow. So this has been a really, really informative episode. So thank you so much, Ngozi. Like, we've covered so many different aspects and I know people are going to really, really love this episode. Like, I, I really do. Especially with the times that we're in now, this is going to be an important episode. So thank you so much. So we actually have thank come you, to the Thank bit. you for inviting me here oh, too. This is Aelia oh, Matt, both of you. I like the name of the podcast, Buffy Talk. You. I like the people you um invited i loved latoya's episode <laughs> i loved maria bradford's episode i think you guys are doing an amazing job thank, thank you, you. No, we appreciate you so now we've got our, our um segment that we have called big up you so this is literally where we just shout out a serodonian company a serodonian creative and yeah Fee, are you gonna Okay, yeah. So the big up you this week is Why Fit Wear, which is a sportswear um, brand, you know. So for people that like to work out, buy it from him because he's a reunion. <laughs> no, it's a good brand. <laughs> no, honestly, it's a good brand. It looks like yeah. it's got quality clothes, it's got a good following and everything. Yeah, go to Why Fit And because he's a reunion. Yes. Yeah, mate, more, that's enough for you to know. I don't even need to tell you more. Buy it because he's a reunion. Buy it because he's a UK based? UK, what? Listen, go and uh, yeah, go follow anyways. Ask like if they feel if they um ship worldwide. Like, yes, yeah, check it out. DM him, send him a DM because you know what? We've got representation in all sectors now. And if you don't know about it, you're gonna find out through Bokal Talk. And if you want to find out more, it means you need to tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. And with that being said, we're gonna close off right now. So I'm your girl. <laughs> this is beautiful Aisha, and thank you once again, Ngozi. You have been a blessing, and you've really dropped some great gems. Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye. <laughs>